0: The Luck of Ivan the Forgetful, from Peasant Tales of Russia, by Vasily Nemirovich Danjenko, translated by Claude Field, this LibriVox recording is in the public domain, recording by Kevin Davidson, part 10. All that remained to the convict of his brief summer happiness was Anyuta. As he lay on his bed of soft skins, his burning eyes never left the child. The unfortunate man suffered severely. In the first shock he had not been able to judge distinctly how seriously the bear had injured him. The deep wound in his shoulder would not heal, although Anyuta had learned how to wash and bandage it daily. It was soon accompanied by fever. Meanwhile time went on remorselessly, the winter regularly settled in, and the rude hut no longer afforded sufficient shelter. One day Ivan dragged himself, on all fours, into the open, and with endless trouble began to plaster the hut outside with earth. Within he dug a hollow in the ground, and with the help of a pole made a hole in the roof, which could be closed with a small board. The fireplace was then ready. "'Listen, little girl!' In his illness the old man had become especially gentle towards the orphan. "'Now you must look after me. Be my little housekeeper.' light the fire and boil the water. Thank God we have enough bread and wood and meal. Put a couple of handfuls into the soup with the sliced potatoes. It will be quite tasty. Later on we will catch hares. Peasants are not allowed to eat hares, but we are foresters, and that has nothing to do with us. So Anuta lit the fire, cooked the soup, brought fresh wood from the woodpile. When the fire had burnt out, she clambered on the roof and closed the opening, the chimney, as Ivan called it, so that it remained comfortably warm in the hut. "'Is that right, Grandfather?' she laughed. "'You are my treasure, my little dove,' the old man said as he lay on his skins. Without you it would be all over with me. Ivan was glad that he had taken care in the summer that the little girl should know the way to the village thoroughly well. If his sickness lasted she would have to go many errands for him but he did not like sending the little creature out when all the paths were covered with snow and Utah, he asked by way of precaution how will you recognize the way to the village by the axe cuts on the trunks as far as the pine which was struck by the lightning you are a sharp little girl and then by the ravine to the birch tree where you have made the sign of the cross then following the notches to the river and from there one could see the village Ivan became easier in mind. His protege would not be lost, but in case of need could fetch help by herself. But he continued in a weak state. One day, when he felt he could no longer bear doing nothing, he dragged himself, gun in hand as far as the edge of the clearing, only to sink down exhausted. Shaking with fever, after some time he returned home, and Yuta, who ran to help him, was frightened and saw that all was not right with him. He threw off his fur coat and talked to her excitedly with delirious eyes. "'I will not go back. Behind the iron bars, do you hear? I will not. I am innocent, Your Honor. Why do you torment the old man? You might sentence a younger man to be knouted, but it will be the death of me. Have pity, kind sirs, I must look after a His voice sank into a hardly intelligible whisper. "'You have made a bad beginning, comrade. "'When the hour comes, everything must be ready. "'Take out the plank and lower it. "'Do you see the sentry? "'Spring on his shoulder and throttle him "'so that he does not stir. "'It serves him right. "'Don't sentence me, kind sirs. "'I have not killed Anjuta. "'Ask her herself.' At last he fell into a light slumber, and when he awoke he was calmer. "'Have I frightened you, my Dovelet?' "'Ah, I am very ill, Anjuta. You have much trouble. But wait. When I am well again, we will have a jolly life.' But weeks passed, and Ivan did not get up. He was quite emaciated, and his dark eyes were sunken still more deeply in their sockets under his bushy white eyebrows. Fortunately, the winter was mild, and there was not much snow. "'Anjuta, have we still some bread and meal?' "'There is only a hard crust left for you to-morrow, and the meal, too, is nearly finished.' "'I will go tomorrow to the village,' said the old man. "'I will send Andrushka Lasarev for his skins which are lying ready. A sledge can go all the way.' The next day he took a tender adieu of the child and started, but half an hour afterwards he knocked at the door and threw himself on the bed in a state of complete exhaustion. "'I can't do it, Anyuta. Really, I can't,' he said, as though in apology. "'There's no more marrow in my bones.' "'If I can't stand up tomorrow, you must go. "'You're not afraid?' "'No, Grandfather. "'Only a little of the bears.' "'The bears are now asleep in their holes, you little stupid, and suck their paws. "'There are no wolves to be heard just now. "'There's nothing more for them. "'Therefore they are gone near the villages. "'Otherwise we would hear them howling every night.' The old man had tears in his eyes when Anjuta got herself ready next morning for the journey. "'Such a tiny thing, quite alone in the deep forest,' he murmured to himself. "'Tell Osarif to bring a sack of meal, two large loaves of bread, and some barley, and say that Grandfather has all kinds of fine things ready for him. But mind you don't try to come home by night, Anjuta. Stay with Andrushka for the night, and he will bring you in the sledge in the morning. Tell him I am ill. The bear is badly mauled Ivan the runaway. Do you understand?' "'Yes, but why do you cry, Grandfather?' It is only foolishness. I have grown quite weak. Now go, and God preserve you. And listen, Anjuta. Whenever you feel frightened, you must sing. The child started, and the old man, creeping out of the hut, followed her with his eyes. She soon reached the edge of the clearing. How nimbly her young feet moved. Under the gigantic trees, she moved like a little beetle. Now she turned and laughed at him, and his eyes, misty with tears, could see nothing more part eleven the forest was brilliant in white apparel under the wintry veil its creative forces slumbered not a treetop swayed not a branch stirred the sky was covered with gray clouds and the earth with snow which in the stillness gave out a light crackling sound under anyuta's feet she tried once or twice to sing but the grim silence of the primeval pines sobered her with a sense of weird mystery She tried to tread as lightly as possible in order not to wake the gloomy trees on the right and left out of their slumbers. What might not be hidden under these snow-laden branches, which almost touched the ground? How terrible it would be if IT suddenly crept out without a sound! The fact that she could not define to herself what the IT was made it all the more formidable. And now she heard a low moaning at the bottom of a ravine— Perhaps it was the brook. But if— She did not think the thought out, but hastened forward, stumbling and gliding. She looked alternately for the axe notches in the tree trunks, in order not to lose her way. She also saw the sign of the cross on the birch, half obliterated with snow. The child sat on a snow heap and looked at the cross for the first time attentively. Round about it were visible what looked like footprints in the snow. Were they caused by the wind, or— An icy shudder ran through her. Fortunately, it occurred to her that they had no power by day, and only went about in the darkness. Yes, of course, it was they. How often had her mother, whom her grandfather had buried in the forest, told her that the souls of unbaptized children roamed about by night. When such a child dies, the Lord does not take it to himself. "'You do not belong to me,' he says. "'Woe betide the unlucky person who meets one of them!' It weeps and sobs pitiably, but if one takes it up, it seizes one's throat with its teeth. And Yuta sprang up and went quickly on. Again the enchanted silence surrounded her. Again the lofty, motionless trees looked at her as though they were astonished at the little intruder who disturbed their icy winter sleep. And Yuta became hungry and gnawed at the dry crust of bread as she went along. At the same time she was so absorbed in her thoughts that she stumbled. She looked around there before her spread a white plain with the chimneys of the poverty-stricken little village in the background behind her rose the dark stiff wall of the wood the main road ran close up to it and then as though in sudden alarm turned sharply to one side and felt that for nothing in the world would she go back alone the wood from which she had happily emerged inspired her afterwards with such fear that she began to run and sped over the snowy plain like an arrow A strange sight brought her to a standstill. Four riders with long lances in their hands and guns slung across their backs rode by the side of a sledge in which sat a stout man. He looked very grand, with his high turned-up fur collar and a cap with a red band round it. She had only once seen such a fine gentleman before, when she was begging with her mother in the town— The joyful consciousness of having the wood happily behind her so braced her up that she felt no embarrassment before the stranger. "'Listen, child,' the stout gentleman said to her, "'where have you come from?' "'From the wood, uncle.' "'How is that possible? Do people live there?' "'Only Grandfather and I.' "'Do you belong to the village?' "'No. Grandfather has come from far away, and he found me in the wood where my mother had died.' "'Wait, wait,' exclaimed the man in the sledge, who seemed struck with a new idea. "'They said there,' he pointed to the village, "'that he had not been seen in this neighbourhood. "'Of course, you don't know your grandfather's name. "'How should you?' "'Yes, I know it quite well.' "'She laughed. "'It is Ivan.' "'Ah, but did he tell you what other name he had? "'That ought to have occurred to him.' "'Yes, but he did,' said the child merrily. "'And I remember it well. "'You are joking. "'He is called Ivan the runaway. "'That's it. "'And my name is Anyuta.' "'That's just the man we want,' laughed the official with great satisfaction. "'Look out. You rascals!' He made a threatening gesture towards the village. "'You shelter-escaped convicts. Where's your grandfather?' He is in bed.' "'What, out there in the wood?' "'Yes. He is ill since the bear attacked him. He can hardly crawl round our hut.' "'Ah! Then he can't run away.' "'Why should he run away?' laughed Anyuta. "'He is waiting for me. I am going to the village,' she added, with an air of importance, "'to buy bread and meal.' "'Well, listen now. Sit by my side. Would you like to help your grandfather?' We will make him well, and give him bread and money, so that he can live without anxiety. Yes, but Grandfather wanted to make a hole under the earth for us both, because it is so terribly cold in the forest. Very well. We will build him a strong hut. With a real fireplace, like Lazarif has? Yes, just like that. The little girl clapped her hands in glee. And I will always cook him good broth. That is what Grandfather has always told me, that one should help the other, and then God helps all. Yes, certainly. We will help him, too. Anuta clambered up on the box-seat. The peasant who held the reins gave her a violent dig in the side and angrily hissed between his teeth, "'Stupid goose!' "'Stefan,' said the stout official, "'can the sledge go through the wood?' "'No,' was the sulky reply. "'Ah, but when you get something on your obstinate neck it can.' "'Turn round, rascal. In winter one can go everywhere.' Anjuta became quite silent. Why was the kind gentleman so angry all of a sudden?' The sledge had already reached the wood. How pleased Grandfather will be, she thought, and smiled again her happy childish smile. End of Part 11 Recording by Kevin Davidson, www.blogordie.com